0: As I'm sitting all alone in the gloaming It might have been but yesterday That we watched
1: the fisher
2: sails
3: all homing Till the... Nowadays
2: in Bantry Bay, that's one sight you can't see, the fisher sails all homing. They gave that up some time ago. We just started fishing.
4: We're about a week at a farlet. Before the spillage, and since the spillage we haven't been near the water since.
2: How are your boats affected by it? Oh, the boats are
4: all smeared with oil, and the harbour was all oil. The pier and the whole place is covered with oil, and is slightly still.
2: What effect is it going to have on, on herring fishing in the long term, apart from this year?
4: We don't know that. We don't know that. We haven't any proof that uh, the that, uh, herring
0: beds aren't and, and affected. It is affected in such a manner that they haven't gone fishing since um, the 22nd of October when the first village happened and their, their livelihood at the moment is in serious jeopardy. We have been in touch with the Department of Agriculture and Fisheries to see that the bay is cleaned properly and its strands and etc. That there's no oil floating around and that they can go back. And make their living as soon as possible because it's serious and um, there's grave concern that the department uh, secretary, Mr. Michael Pat Murphy, should um, meet a fisherman uh, that is involved inside this bay and get
2: onto gulf for once and for all to get the bay cleaned up. Well, you think this cleaning is possible? They can restore the bay to what it was.
0: Well, they can restore. It will take a long time, a lot of old memories reckon it will take um, two to three years before
2: the bay will be back to what it should be, what it was before the spinach. History, as we know, repeats itself. This isn't the first time that the export of fish from Bantry has been hit. The Napoleonic Wars put paid to a fairly flourishing trade in salt fish, which for some years had been exported to Portugal, Italy and the West Indies. The collapse of the fishing trade then brought poverty and emigration. But fishing is only part of the present Bantry story, and we'll return to it later. Were such a bay lying upon English shore, it would be the world's wonder. That was Thackeray's reaction to Bantry, and his opinion was shared by many through the years. Tourists have visited Bantry as long as tourists have existed. The bay is vast, the shoreline and hinterland ruggedly beautiful, but the area is remote and scenic beauty isn't enough to make it prosperous. The Gulf Oil Corporation
5: has done that, and the local people know it. In the early 60s, uh, the employment prospects in Banshee were not very bright. And uh, despite the fact that in the early 50s and, I'm oh, sorry, late 50s and early 60s, uh, a number of companies had come here, and two factories had set up here. But uh, for reasons outside the control or outside the, what should I say, comprehension of local people, these folded up and moved away. And as a result, they they left people, uh, young people, unemployed, uh, even a greater number than before, by virtue of the fact that these people would normally have moved away anywhere. These remained, and uh, further generations of people, younger people coming up, uh, tended to remain in the area as well. So that uh, at this stage in the mid-sixties, when golf arrived in the scene, uh, they gave um, employment which was very, very badly needed in the area. And uh, another significant aspect of it was that they gave a, a type of employment and a level of uh, of financial employment uh, the type of which was never seen in this area before. Uh, during the construction period, you had a massive influx of people into the town at, at peak. Uh, the uh, construction of the actual site, uh, there were over 1,400 employees on the site at one time. A large number of these were drawn from Bansy and the hinterland. And of course, uh, you had total involvement of uh, of all able-bodied personnel from the town itself. Uh, When the construction period was over, you had Gulf recruiting uh, a large percentage of their staff from the locality again, and the ancillary companies such as the tow company and the tanker agency and cattle shipping and so on, uh, people who were involved in in Gulf's operations directly and indirectly they all um, uh, strove to give uh, as much local employment as possible. And the most significant factor uh, nowadays, uh, which must be borne in mind by people, is uh, that as a result of uh, trade union negotiations and so on, that there is no man uh, working under installation or any of the ancillary companies under £50 a week. And uh, therefore, when you get people um, discussing uh, whether or not golf should stay on Bancy or golf's uh, the, the social impact that golf have made in this area, you're talking in terms of uh, 200, 250 well-paid and well-satisfied people, um, which makes a big impact, a social impact on any small community. And for this reason, people possibly may appear to be overprotective towards golf.
2: The people of Bantry, with the exception of a few settlers, are protective of the gulf. No matter what their complaints or reservations, there's a recurring theme in every conversation on the matter.
3: While you have the extreme viewpoint, some people Mm. will advocate that gulf should be closed down and move out of the place.
2: But you would say that this wouldn't represent more than 5% of the population, would you?
3: It would be a very small percentage of the population, even if I doubt it would be as large as 5%. On the other hand you would have people then that would go for massive industrialization and total uh, development of the whole area. Regardless of the amenities. Regardless of the amenities, that is the other extreme. But I think most people feel that there is a case to be made for the in between where you would have industrialization side by side with preservation of amenities and with development of amenities. The spill was it was
1: a disaster. We certainly wouldn't like to see anything Uh, of its nature happen again but at the same time neither do we want, you know, the 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 Gulf Company or any of... we we need further industrialization around here.
6: We're not against Gulf either they have brought a lot of prosperity to this part of the country there are a lot of people here who have good jobs from them and so on but they're a bit secret you know and they're not altogether to blame for that because Hang it. I mean they're their own policemen.
7: Oh, it means that the the hotels probably are busy all the year round. It's extended their season in a big way. Crews coming waiting for tankers were coming ashore. Um there are quite a lot of those. In nearly every ten days you'll have a crew waiting to go on board. So the hotels must have extended their season on it. The town hotels that would be. The um 250 families that have come with Gulf is a big effect on the town and the town is growing in all directions. The amount of building probably, a lot of our lads going into building apprenticeships wouldn't be in there only because Gulf employees are building houses they've built a lot of houses, Um, the housing estate two private housing estates have been built and um, there's one public housing estate being built in the past few years and uh, probably our apprentices, going into woodwork apprenticeship and, and masonry and this kind of thing, have gone in, would not have been taken on unless
2: the golf building had gone ahead. The consensus of opinion in Bantry, golf must stay. They are at once the hero and the villain of the piece, loved and hated in the same breath, but given the circumstances, not much blamed for their operation. It's generally felt that the original deal they made with the government was weighted heavily in Gulf's favour, and they are profiting from the fact to the limit.
5: There never appeared to be any conflict. In fact, between, uh, or never was any conflict between um, local fishing in- interests and Gulf until such time as, sometime I couldn't give you the exact time now, but I would imagine it was in the seven, 1970 or possibly 71. That Gulf appeared to assume some sort of extraordinary rights that people didn't, um, uh, the local people didn't realize they had and uh, weren't prepared to allow them to have when they assumed, uh, when they publicized some form of harbor bylaws. And it was at this stage that um, people in the locality realized that Gulf had got even more power and more authority than, than we ever envisaged they had, or they had been given greater leave by the minister than we ever thought they had.
6: The two major spillages have shown the kind of disaster that can happen. Now we were told once that this could not happen. And then the minister's refusal to grant an inquiry into the latest spillage. That takes a lot of heavy explaining. We haven't even seen a photo of the tanker to show the actual damage that was done. And, I mean, unless the causes of the spillages are examined and publicized, we have no guidelines to go by in order to prevent future Spillages. The
0: association I represent is not a bit pleased with the way the tankers have been handled mentioned We feel that the tankers, the first the first thing that's happened to the tanker, the university leader, she should have been put in an anchor and she shouldn't be left outside the mouth of the bay until her skipper came to court. And the Minister for Transport and Power should have done that. We feel that an awful lot of the blame lies with the department. As far as the Zodiac, the and the Zodiac is concerned, we think this, this was a complete disgrace. It wouldn't happen anywhere else, on the inside in Ireland. Um, she should have been put there. She should have never, never been left with a mule screech of sheep's head. Because she went out to bed, there was a hole in the tanker and she was leaking going out, and no matter what anyone said, they can't deny that fact. If a fisherman he goes out, it's trawler, a foreign trawler was cut, fishing within the limits of, of any coast in Ireland, Ireland, the first thing is done, she's arrested. She's brought in. If the man, if the skipper is fined, if he's convicted, his gear is confiscated and he has to pay up there and before he's left out again. Well, a tanker, if she can go out like this, the way the Afrin and the Zodiac went, then there's a very poor farm the the government to allow it happen.
2: Now, do I understand you right? This ship was losing oil. Into Bantry Bay, and you say she should have been left there to go on leaking into Bantry Bay, and not have been taken out leaking.
0: Yes, she should. She should have been put to an anchor, and the oil should have been transferred, and the department should have an official there to see he was completely satisfied that the oil was properly transferred, not on Golsey or anyone else's say. She should have been just simply left there on anchor, and the skipper should have been fined, should have been brought into court her and fined her. And the sooner this is done inside in the bench,
2: will be better. To get some idea of the extent of Gulf's operation, I spoke to the man with specialist knowledge, the local agent for all the tankers that use the port, Dennis Gilly. In any one year, I estimate that uh,
8: there are about 400 ships calling. I think last year we had uh, 393 ships in and out of the terminal. Uh, Those uh, figures would be made up of roughly 60 mammoth tankers and the balance of uh, 330 loading vessels. When you talk in terms of uh, the terminal, uh, you must realise that uh, it is merely a storage depot, and the 60 mammoth tankers would each bring in approximately 320,000 tons of cargo uh, per, per ship, bring them in for the uh, discharge to, to the shore tanks at Willy Island, and these cargoes, this cargo in total, would be lifted by loading vessels and taken to... European ports, because, of course, the mammoth tankers wouldn't be able to call at these uh, European ports because of their size. And so Gulf use vessels of about 50, 60, 70,000 tons deadweight to take the cargoes, which initially has been brought into the terminal of Gulf use these vessels to take them then to, say, Milford Haven, Immingham in England, uh, Gulfhaven in Denmark, Rotterdam, Antwerp. This is the uh, purpose of the loading vessel to uh, take the cargo out, which has already been brought brought in by the mammoths.
2: Upwards of twenty million tons of oil a year, and the cost of shifting it in and out of Bantry is staggering. I estimate that there's about thirty thousand uh, pounds
8: per trip uh, spent. By these mammoth tankers when they come in. To give you a breakdown on that, uh, one must realize that each ship coming into the terminal must pay light dues uh, to the tune of about 14,000 for a mammoth tanker. And in case you'd like to know about the light dues, I uh, I'd like to say that um, these light dues are expenses relating to lighthouses, buoys, beacons throughout Ireland, Great Britain, Northern Ireland, and the Channel Islands, the Isle of Man, and adjacent seas. Uh, The expenses are met out of a general lighthouse fund. This fund is maintained by uh, light dues the collection of which is centralised and controlled by Trinity House of London. The collection agent in Irish Waters is taken over by the uh, Customs and Excise Service and I understand they get a 5% collection fee out of uh, the monies collected in any one year. The remainder of the money goes to Trinity
2: House. Dennis Gilley went on to explain that apart from that whopping £14,000 paid to Trinity House in London for lights, the remainder of the 30000 goes in stores, tugs, pilots, mooring, repatriation of crews, hotels, travel. Some of this money at least filters into local tills and pockets, though it was surprising to learn that there's no major ship's chandlers in Bantry, and so the ship's stores are not normally provided locally. We have to arrange with the
8: ship's chandlers uh, for the supply of uh, stores to the ships. Uh, These stores, of course, uh, you must realize that these ships are on a two-month, or in excess of two-month round trip from Bantry to the Persian Gulf and generally back to Bantry or European waters again. And so when they come to Bantry, uh, stores for the voyage, covering maybe 60 men for, say, 70 days, would have to be supplied by ship's chandlers to uh, feed all the crew for this duration. Uh, generally, the total quantity of stores, say, from provisions and and engine stores, would amount to about uh, 50 tonnes of stores per trip. And um, I would say to the uh, a tune of maybe £8,000 would be spent by these companies to purchase these stores from uh, ships chandlers though maybe not locally, uh, local ships chandlers, they'd be national uh, ships chandlers we haven't got a we have one firm in town who has supplied uh, provisions and deck and engine stores uh, not too very many they've only supplied uh, a few ships the um, generally the ship chandlers are from the Cork area and how this comes about I think it's because most of the companies operating into Bantry have uh, uh, had recommendations from other users of these ships chandlers in Cork uh, of course also some of the companies using the terminal have had ships into Cork or Dublin or Whitegate and places like that and so they have uh, connections with ship in these areas.
2: So for some years Gulf has been going about its business quietly without undue publicity. October last year changed all that. An oil spill occurred from the universe leader and the flood of oil was followed by a flood of wildly inaccurate information. First, Gulf said the spillage consisted of 175 gallons. The following day, they reckoned it was over 8,000 gallons. Shortly after that, they admitted that 35,000 gallons had fouled one small area alone, and local estimates put the spill at possibly 200,000 gallons, one of the worst ever to have occurred in Europe. Resentment focused on the misinformation and the apparent attempt to cover up. Captain Kenneth Thomas is the spokesman for Gulf, and I asked him about it.
9: Well, we couldn't give an accurate figure until we knew the turnout at the receiving terminal, which was Huelva. In other words, we had our figure, our shore tankage figure, Bantry, and then we had to compare it with the receipt figure at Huelva. And until such time as we had all this in our hands, we couldn't give an accurate figure.
2: So Gulf had no detailed information on the extent of the spillage, but a tanker skipper who loses a couple of hundred thousand gallons of oil must be aware of the fact. If he was, presumably, he saw it as no part of his duty to inform Gulf. Barely three months later, in January, the Afram Zodiac was holed, and according to Gulf lost over 115,000 gallons of heavy oil into Bantry Bay. Local people found it hard to understand why, with a hole in her side, she was taken from her moorings and dispatched to the Canary Islands. Again, I asked Captain Thomas.
9: My information is that the incident happened after the ship had left her moorings and and had already commenced her swing. Therefore, it was not possible to put her back onto the berth. To have brought it back to the berth would have meant taking her way down the channel and making another approach. This would have taken anything up to three hours. So we consider that the prudent action was to take the ship to sea. She was already outward bound when it happened. She was in the process of swinging.
2: What does that mean exactly? On the
9: berth she was facing bow up, bow east. Right, when you come off, you have to swing the ship to face southwest. So you go through practically 180 degrees. Possibly
2: a perfectly valid technical explanation of what happened, but it does leave open the question of whether the operation was prudent in the first place, given the weather conditions. The people most immediately affected by the oil on the troubled waters of Bantry Bay are the fishermen. One thing that worries them is that there was no public inquiry into the causes and treatment of the recent spills. I asked the minister responsible, Mr Peter Barry of Transport and Power.
4: Yes, well, as regards the first one, as you may have seen a statement of mine issued about a month ago saying that there were court proceedings uh, being instituted against Gulf for that spillage, so I'm somewhat inhibited in making comment. But, um, of course, the court proceedings would be a public inquiry. What about the second spell? The second one, I haven't come to any decision yet. I'm waiting for a full report on it before I decide whether we will Institute court proceedings or not. Of course, in, in this regard, I will be guided by legal people as well as by technical people in my department.
2: The fishermen are not just cut off from their normal employment, they are also confused. The Department of Agriculture and Fisheries tells them that it's quite safe now to catch flat and round fish in the bay. Marine biologists, commissioned by the fishermen themselves, Warn them against doing any such thing. One way or another, they are unhappy at their present idleness and fearful for their future.
5: At the moment, in the context of the present spillages, of course, um, the fishermen, uh, big percentage of the Middle East, are completely involved in the mopping up operations, which they're being pretty well paid for, as you can see in the newspapers and so on. but. Uh, the, the the nature of most fishermen that I know certainly is they're not particularly interested in compensation, even though obviously they would be looking for it in this case for loss of earnings. All they're interested in is being left get back to their on their normal habitats of going to sea in the mornings and catching their fish, coming home at night and getting on about their business. They're that type of people. They're business like, they're efficient, they like to be left to their own devices and do their own business in their own way. Now they do feel that these this the two spillages in, in, in rapid succession of course has completely destroyed the, the herring season of this year but uh, golf has indicated that they will be amply compensated that remains to be seen of course but uh, I would imagine that they should be probably satisfaction all around eventually The, the little group that, that I'm talking
1: about have uh, a claim in all right it will I hope be processed favourably because we had everything uh, It really was quite serious for us because, as I mentioned before, we had just started off the auction, and that uh, ensured a sharp rise in the prices for us. And, of course, the fisherman, at long last, felt that he'd been getting a fair deal.
2: Of course, on the basis of that sharp increase in prices, your claim for compensation is going to be pretty high.
1: Well, uh, yes, but, you know, I mean, the the prices, as they were subsequently approved, just the other day now, admittedly, quite the catch was rather small. But... Let's face it, there were 40 pounds of cram, that's 10 pounds a box. Well, I mean, that, that really is dream-like is dream is dream-like stuff. And yet, it was not unreasonable that, that we'd, we'd, we'd undoubtedly have been part of that bonanza. The juggernauts going to the continent now, you see, have they're prepared to take the fish quite fresh. You just take them out of the water, into the juggernaut, and away for, for, for Ross Lair.
2: I asked Paddy Minahan, what about compensation?
0: That matter is... Um, in the hands of sisters, for the various fishermen have signed in the hands of their sisters, and they're working in that light at the moment. Um, there is a slowness in the part of the Gulf to pay up.
2: Captain Thomas took up this accusation of undue delay.
9: To my knowledge there has been no undue delay. Claims that have been placed in the hands of legal representatives of both, par- of both parties There have been claims settled. We did this by conversation and discussion with one or two of the local fishermen who did not revert to uh, legal assistance.
2: But those who have gone to
9: lawyers, that,
2: you say, is in the hands of their lawyers and your lawyers. Both parties. Fishermen, conservationists, tourist interests and businessmen in Bantry are all agreed on one thing. Development of whatever kind in the future must be carefully planned and well controlled. The sins of the past may be forgiven, but a firm purpose of amendment is now required. Michael Conlon is the Cork County Manager.
10: present situation is very fluid, if one would put it that way. It uh, also um, will remain unsatisfactory until uh, there is a very positive action taken and an actual harbour uh, authority set up or an authority of some kind and in which case decisions would be able to be made to um, advance from the present rather chaotic situation. When you say chaotic situation, do
2: you mean the fact that Gulf Oil, as someone put it to me, are virtually their own policemen at this stage?
10: Oh, they have been their own policemen since they came to Bantry. This is very true. Uh, It is also chaotic from the uh, point of view of the uh, Bantry Pier itself, for which we are responsible, because... Uh, of the amount of traffic uh, generated at that pier for which it is totally unsuitable. And uh, it is um, chaotic as well, of course, from the point of view that there is, in fact, no overall uh, method of carrying out a proper development of the bay itself.
2: The fact that an authority of some sort must be established is generally agreed. Who will form the authority is not.
3: My idea is that local communities should be developed in themselves rather than somebody else taking over the running of the local communities. And in this respect I would be initially against the proposal of Cork County Council. However it it does need further examination and um, unfortunately the County Council did not agree to discuss their proposals with anybody else, they just went ahead and made them.
7: Well if the Harbour Authority goes ahead we're looking forward to employment in office employment and employment on the servicing of the harbour authority with boats and this type of thing some limited employment anyway we'd expect no matter who controls the harbour authority of course we are hoping that it will be specialists on the harbour authority that it just won't be a political board making decisions with no experience of it we're hoping that there would be professional staff pollution control officers professional seagoing men people dealing with with shipping and this kind of thing that we expect that just would not be a a, a further expense account for Cork County Council.
8: I personally uh, very much regret uh, Michael Conlon and Cork County Council uh, seeking to have the council established as the authority for Bantry Bay. The way I would have uh, felt about it is that this authority should be an autonomous body Uh, with uh, most of the members being from the Bantry Bay area and uh, with um,
2: minimum delegates of elected members of the Cork County Council on the board. Quite a number of people in Bantry regard the Cork County Council as a power-hungry ogre, waiting to gobble up the possibly succulent future of the Bantry region to the detriment of the local people. I passed on this point of view to Michael Conlon.
10: This is something that I was uh, quite expecting, and obviously uh, over the years we talked about needing a harbour authority. We never indicated what kind of authority it should be or whether the county council should be authority or who should be the authority. I am still of the view that it, it doesn't matter greatly who is the authority, provided there is one with the necessary Uh, functions and in fact the county council's decision was a two tier one based on the fact that we were very uh, very certain about a number of things and that is that the powers we that the authority needed and these are acceptable by the county council and i think totally acceptable by the locals the local people what is not acceptable is or what there is discussion about at the moment is the type of authority it should be and who should be in control of that And I think, in the final analysis of course, it's going to be the Minister for Transport and Power who has to decide that. But what I think the County Council did, and what it had to do, was to say what it thought would be in the best interest of the overall development of Bantry in its relation to Cork County as a whole. And this is why the County Council put forward the proposal that the County Council, because of its uh, planning functions in the harbour, the Bantry area already, and they will continue to have these functions, should also stretch into the bay. And I gave an example of this, and the reason why that should happen is, for example, we have at the moment an application for an oil rig in Bantry Bay. That oil rig, part of it will be in the bay and part of it will be on land it would be ludicrous to have two planning authorities dealing, one dealing with the bit that's on land and the other in the bay. So I think from from the overall planning point of view, the County Council's authority must be extended into the bay. Now how you carry out the day-to-day operations of a harbour authority in relation to the control of navigation, Uh, The tuggage and pilotage and this kind of thing is something that is a specialised job and must be done locally in some way or other. And we think the best way that can be achieved is by having a local board deal with that as a second tier authority. I heard one dissenting voice in Bantry.
2: Local businessman Fergus Williams opposes the appointment of a harbour authority.
11: At the outset when uh, Golf indicated that they were going to come to Bantry, Uh, as far as i am aware uh, they negotiated with the the department of transport and power and they were told that so long as they were the only major single users of the port there would be no harbour authority and indeed at the official opening uh, of the gulf oil terminal inventory some six seven years ago the then Taoiseach Mr Lynch adequately, to my mind, defended that uh, deal and confirmed that insofar as the government then were concerned that there would be no harbour authority in so long as GULF were the major users. Now, with that point of view, I have always agreed and indeed I believe that the present government initially at least uh, accepted uh, the deal which had been made with GULF by the previous government. And I think that sh- should continue uh, despite the, the recent spillages. These spillages were very unfortunate, very tragic, very detrimental to the, uh, the well-being of Bantry Bay. But they do not, to my mind, constitute a reason why the policy, uh, as uh, indicated by the previous government and earlier by the present government, should
2: in fact be changed. But surely changing circumstances often call for changing laws, and the original deal is generally thought to have been too generous.
11: Maybe they were far too easy, but are we a banana republic or are we a nation who once committed to an agreement keep it or seek any or every excuse to change it?
2: I asked the Minister for Transport and Power for his views on this. The Government are sticking by that deal, of course, but it was never part of the deal, as I understand it,
4: that um, the Government would be committed never to having a harbour authority in Bantry Bay. It was that there was none there at that stage and that situation was left and to be reviewed at various
2: times in the future. If an authority is set up, what will be the
9: reaction of Gulf? We've said all along that we will cooperate with the final authority that's appointed.
2: What about harbour
9: dues and the like? Well, this will be dealt with in due course. Do we need more information on this subject?
2: What then of the future?
10: This is Michael Conlon's view. I see Bantry as the the saving grace of West Cork for the simple reason that uh, taking planning as a whole, and this again is why I say the County Council and the elected representatives must be totally involved in any new authority, because Cork is now developing somewhat in the same way Cork City it relates to Cork County in somewhat the same way as Dublin does to the rest of the country. In other words, it is a pulling the population from the western areas in the city. If we're to have a, what's known as a counter pole of growth or something to keep the West Cork area vitally alive, I'm totally convinced that we must use the natural advantages that Bantry has to provide major employment in that area. And this is the thinking of the Cork County Council in regard to the total development of the county as a whole. So I would see uh, Bantry developing with a fairly um, major amount of industry, very carefully located, with the developments, and we have uh, emphasized this, the developments of the fishery aspect and equally well the developments of the tourist aspects of Bantry. And this is what makes Bantry totally different from a normal harbour authority. The normal harbour of a busy place with Um, a lot of ships coming in and out, a lot of development on the pier is not the kind of future I see in Bantry at all. Therefore I don't think the kind of traditional harbour authority in any way is suitable to the area. What you want more is an overall development authority that will look at the fishing, at the tourism, site properly, site industry, so that it will in no way affect either the fishing or the tourism, and by getting that sort of overall development I would certainly, and we are planning for, Bantry Town as a town of 10,000 people uh, in, you know, a fairly near future and acting as a pretty good counterbalance to Cork which will give a total balanced development of Cork County as a whole.
9: How do Gulf see the future? Well, I think we've stated several times that we have every intention of remaining in Bantry Bay and we're doing everything in our power to bring the terminal back into normal working conditions. Not only do we have an investment in Bantry, but we have an investment in ships. Ships which need the depth of water in Bantry Bay. And what are the thoughts of the Government?
4: There are a number of possibilities here. There are a number of options open to the Government. There's a Conservation Board, a Development Authority, uh, what I might term an old-fashioned Harbour Authority, and a number of other options, maybe combinations of all these three. We haven't come down firm, firmly in favour of any one of these options yet, uh, but I expect to be in the doll as quickly as possible with firm proposals from the government to the and as regards Bantry Harbour. Well, whoever constitutes the authority, presumably there will be a good local representation on it. Well, that is the way with all Harbour authorities around the country. The local county council, in the case of Dublin, the Dublin Corporation, Cork Corporation, are all represented on these authorities. One of the
2: snags at the moment is that, for example, Cork County Council doesn't seem to exercise any control over the territorial waters. They don't control a yard of Bantry Bay of the water. Mm-hmm. Now, would you see whatever authority you set up having power over land and sea?
4: Not necessarily. As I said, there are a number of options open to the government. We haven't come down in favour, in favour of any one of these yet. We're still studying this, but I hope to come up quickly with some problem with some proposal regarding it.
2: What do you make of the future of the Bantry area?
4: Well, I've said a number of times that I thought the Gulf... Investment in Bantry, the terminal, there is a asset to the country. I think it would act as a magnet for other industries, and I think it has a very good future. But that doesn't mean to say that I haven't a responsibility to the people living there now, to fishermen and tourism industries, and indeed to the children of people present living there, to see that it is tightly controlled and that oil isn't spilled through carelessness.
2: Given the establishment of a strong and wise authority and it's doubtful if it should even be called a harbour authority since its powers should be very much wider. But given the authority, with planning and development powers in the spheres of industry, tourism, fishing, and conservation, the story can have a happy ending. Bantry Bay, twenty miles long and four miles wide, has room for everything, and the local people are both interested and eager. Given goodwill and a little good luck, It looks as though the wind, which hasn't always blown too kindly on Bantry, may be set fair for the future. (laughs)
0: They go up the worthy Matthias and 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 the
9: the
8: the narrative found me an open on the battle square no of the a no ever as as I a out of all the the and the puzzle might net you down to my fun now the not nothing through the out and last the last here the have to be or
6: I'm going to be a sick I'm